And we are live. Awesome. January 1st, awesome. guys. Welcome to the first 2021 episode of the Voice of the Millennial podcast. Um, man, 2020 was a doozy, right? Yes, sir. That man. one was, that was wild. Man. That was wild. And honestly, it was, honestly, it was a blur. This is truly a blur, honestly. Dude, I told somebody yesterday that 2020 was the fastest, longest year ever. Yeah. Like, it took forever, but it went by so fast. <laughs> you know, it's, I, don't, I don't know, man. It's, it's kind of one of those years that you just wanted to kind of go to sleep and hope that you wake up in the next year. <laughs> right. You know, we just, it, it was it was crazy. But, um, Thankfully, man, we uh, we have made it over to another one. And honestly, who knows? I mean, it's not like anything has necessarily changed, but um, at least, uh, you know, you just kind of get the feeling that you've got a fresh start. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, that, that in itself is a, is a blessing. Um, yeah. Definitely excited to see uh, what else we're able to... Uh, to pull off this year. Um, we've had uh, hundreds uh, of views. Actually, this is our, I believe, fourth episode. Four, one, two. Four. I think so. And fifth, uh, fifth, fifth installment. Oh, oh fifth. 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 Okay. Yeah, wow, fifth installment. That? So, uh, number five. And um, man, we've already had. Literally over a thousand people check us out. Yeah. That's so yeah, great. we definitely appreciate that. We definitely yeah, appreciate that. Appreciate that. Um, um, I'm gonna out. go ahead and share our stream. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do right now. There we go. Number five, and um, man, we've All already right. had. Hold on, Aaron's, Aaron's not with us anymore. So, yeah, we definitely appreciate that. Hold on, okay. Somebody's replay is coming back through the YouTube. All right, I've shared. Uh, and as you come on, I would definitely encourage you to do the same thing. Uh, jump on and share um, this podcast. Uh, just a quick piece of housekeeping here before we get started um, is uh, we you can see we're going live instead of from my page or from Philip's page. We have created a page directly for this podcast. This is going to make all of our content uh, a lot easier to uh, to view and also um, this is going to uh, put everything in the same place. So all of our podcasts from here on out every week that we are live are going to be is going to be uh, coming from the Voice of the Millennial podcast uh, page. That being said, everyone, please, 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 please like this page and share this page so that all of the people on your timeline get to see us every week right here on Voice of the Millennials podcast page. Um, 
that being said, uh, I think we're ready to go ahead and get into our content for tonight. You guys, uh, uh, I got one thing. Um, I'm waiting for Aaron to jump back in, but mm-hmm. also we have submitted our podcast to Apple and Spotify. So in about a week's time, we should be on Apple and Spotify for those of you that um, find that more convenient. So uh, we will post the links. We will post the links here in the future. Um, but um, yeah. Going completely legit. Um, so uh, Caleb, you want to go ahead and introduce our guest? And Caleb's going to be running the show tonight. Let me tell y'all we're in for a good one. Caleb. Yeah, yeah. Um, right now, he's, he's not in right now. He's trying to fix his. He's, 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 he's here. I'll put him in when you introduce him. Okay. Um, but, well, what we have tonight is a great subject that I've been talking about with um, my buddy for a while. Um, I met Aaron back in 2017. Uh, when I got stationed in um, Panama City, Florida. And um, him and I, you know, we started having conversations, we started hanging out and then, you know, things just clicked from there and uh, been through some stuff together. Um, And he's just, he's a really awesome guy. He's a really awesome guy. And uh, I think he's going to be a, uh, uh, I think he's gonna be a good addition to tonight's episode of what he has to say. Well, he just disappeared. Oh man. Well, as we were waiting for Aaron, <laughs> uh, I, I have you guys, uh, how was you guys New Year's uh, Eve or New Year's Day? So we're coming to the close of New Year's Day. Man, I eased into this year in the calmest way I possibly could. <laughs> I was just, just kind of like, man, I'm not, I'm not really in the mood to celebrate 2020. I don't think it's, uh, for me, it just didn't call for a celebration. It, it more just called for like a time of just goal setting which i did you know me and my wife we sat down and we talked about our goals and we mapped out our goals and everything and um sure. we just kind of wanted to and, and right now we, our district actually is having our holiday youth convention so you know our whole district um like all the youth and the ministers and everybody's just kind of um coming around at this time and just kind of uh, using this time to consecrate ourselves you know and sure. um kind of prepare for this new year and in, in in a in the right way so yeah, that's kind of you how it went. You know, I never knew what HYC stood for. Say that one more you time. You said you never did. I, n- I never knew what HYC stood Aaron's for. Here. There's Aaron. There. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hang on one second. Sorry about that. <laughs> Aaron, uh, Aaron uh, why don't you go ahead and uh, introduce yourself to the uh, audience? Absolutely. Uh, so my name is uh, Aaron. Um, 25 years old. Uh, so I started in with the um, podcast. Well, way uh, way before I even get to that, I first of all I'd like to say that um, I'm glad to be a part of the conversation tonight. I think tonight's conversation is certainly one that uh, is needed. Um, it's one that is too often, I think, dismissed and overlooked. Um, not only within our culture, but um, especially as it relates to the church. And they're difficult subjects, but um, the, the, the more difficult they get, the more um, I feel the more we need to talk about them. Um, but aside from all that, uh, like I said, I'm happy to be a part of it tonight, part of the conversation. Uh, you know, I met Caleb back uh, a few years ago. And uh, he, he and I have, um, you know, discussed 
a lot of these topics um, just in private conversation. And, um, you know, we we certainly see a lot, uh, you know, similar. And I've, I've been listening to you guys um, over the past month or so, however long it is that you guys have been doing. It. And I'd say that, you know, collectively speaking, we've all been pretty much on the same page. Um, and I think with tonight's difficulties, te uh, te technological difficulties, I think uh, there's some sort of hindrance or stronghold that's trying to keep us back from speaking the truth tonight. So <laughs> the devil don't want we're us on, to get we're out. Preach it, we're going to preach it anyway. That's all right. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, um, like I said, awesome. it's good to be with you guys tonight. Good to have yeah, you. Yeah, it's man. great to have you, man. Yeah. It's great, great to have you. Um, I think we, I think we are, we're all gonna gel pretty nicely. Um, so for those of you that have tuned in to hear the topic mm -hmm. instead of us ramble on, um, tonight is gonna be a, it's gonna be a secular slash spiritual topic. Um, I'm gonna forewarn a lot of you. Um, this might trigger some of you, and some of you might find yourself in um, very, very vehement as justin would say vehement disagreement um <laughs> we encourage you to comment if you are in disagreement you you hate what we're saying we encourage you comment we're not we will not attack you we will not insult you we will not make we won't make fun of you we will dialogue with you and have a conversation all i ask is that you return the favor and you don't attack us and you don't also attack anybody else in the comment that may have a different view than you um but True. other than that um this is this is an open forum open forum this is not an echo chamber this is not an echo chamber in any way shape or form so please let your voice be heard let's get into it fellas so i'm i'm gonna start off by reading um something that i kind of wrote the other day just typing out my thoughts um the topic for this uh podcast episode is going to be the real pandemic the super spreaders of disinformation. Um, the reason I chose this topic is because ever since the pandemic started, right? Ever since 2020 started back in February, you know, January, February, and then March when the pandemic became an actual thing, um, you know, we saw a lot of fear. We saw a lot of people panic buying toilet paper, buying all the hand sanitizer and trying to sell it for a 300% markup. We saw um, you know, people just losing their minds, people losing their jobs. And then we also saw people <laughs> latching on to conspiracy theories. Okay. We saw, I saw a lot of people latching on to all sorts of different disinformation because, um, they thought it was true. You know, they see a meme on Facebook and they see per percentages and they see percentage signs and numbers and it looks official. They believed it just off rip and it was actually false. Okay, so that's what this topic's, topic is going to be tonight. And um, I'm going to read something that I wrote the other day. Um, disinformation has been used to destabilize countries and regimes for since the beginning of time. It has been used by the CIA. It's been used by KGB, um, by spy organizations to destabilize governments in order to get people divided, in order to bring down those regimes. Um, and I have seen since this year and years prior that American politics has taken that same drastic turn, but in a very, very natural way. What used to be very fruitful political debates, what, what used to be very nice dialogues, has become 
very it's become pretty much arguments where insults are hurled and and you can't simply feel a certain way without somebody labeling you a this or a that and it's it's really it's really caused an an entire generation of people to just not talk about these hard subjects um it's it's just caused a lot of people to stop having these conversations and honestly that with that direction that our country's going it's it's very bad it's a very bad thing um the issue i see with this um type of thought process that you can't have a legit debate with somebody and have an honest dialogue is that it gives way to unchecked information going viral it gives um it it allows people to reside in an echo chamber and the thing is is when you reside in an echo chamber you when you reside in an echo chamber you don't really know what's true and what's not true you're just going with what the common group school of thought is so enter 2017 some of you probably know who i'm going to talk about QAnon. okay i'll give you some background QAnon is very popular yet polarizing conglomerate of conspiracy theories coupled from years past that has been repackaged and tweaked to fit this modern era the main group of people the main demographic that QAnon targets is even is the evangelical christian base republicans evangelical christian base kind of one and the same um, historically conservative christians have always voted republican because of the perceived notion that republican party will uphold christian values and prevent them the democratic party from turning the country into what conservatives fear the most an anti-god socialist country that will oppress christians QAnon or q I'll, I'll refer to them as q from now on plays on these fears of conservative christians they rely heavily on quoting the bible verses out of context and using old conspiracy theories that have been around for years to real conservative christians in the main conspiracy theories they have made mainstream since 2018 i believe is that there is a deep state cabal of elite billionaires and celebrities that sex traffic children and sacrifice them to satan some of you are probably laughing and thinking i'm joking i'm not joking <laughs> okay there's absolutely no evidence of the sex trafficking uh, of the you know baby sacrifice adrenochrome all that we're going to get into that in a little bit but there is however a human trafficking in this world as we speak but the elites and the democrats are not to blame a lot of y'all's porn usage is to blame but we'll talk about that later don't wow he started early <laughs> ah. so I'm, I'm, just gonna, I'm just gonna put it out there that a man lot of your porn usage fuels the human trafficking role but but let's let's continue um conveniently QAnon targets the liberal celebrities targets the liberal politicians targets the liberal basketball players football players and, and they always say hey those people are you know a part of the cabal those people are sacrificing children it was popular back in 2016 hillary clinton was sacrificing children blah 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 blah. you get the picture now comes donald trump okay and this is where QAnon makes their bread donald trump is the anointed one according to QAnon. okay donald trump decided to run on the camp on the republican ticket and the republican ticket mainly targets christian conservatives and his main points of campaigning was build the wall defund planned parenthood and drain the swap referring to congress and the senate um, four years later, we have not seen him defund Planned Parenthood or drain the swamp. Four years later, we see him making the same promises for a second term. But he's I just want to know, term. can we drain Mitch McConnell? <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> I, I want to. 
I want to throw hands with Miss McConnell right now. I mean, <laughs> I want to throw hands. We just with talk Mitch about McConnell. the way that everybody else is like, yeah, give the American people a thousand dollars, and then this man sits up there. No. <laughs> yeah, no. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna sum this up though, so we can save on time. But none of these tactics work. Um, Trump is not getting a second term, um, even though people prophesied and said. You know, Trump is getting a second term, blah, 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 in 2020. It never happened. And it made a lot of people, specifically QAnon, conspiracy theorists, and also Christians, look bad. When people started saying that um, Donald Trump was the anointed, a lot of Christians started latching on to that and started loving on that because it's, you know, Christian speak. And they started using verses out of context to say that Donald Trump is the anointed. You get the picture. Um and so, uh, as we all know, Donald Trump did not win the election, and he's tried to overturn the election by frivolous lawsuits and railing accusations of fraud. None of these tactics have worked at all, okay? Um, but with that said, with that said, um, one of the key things that I see people who follow these, this, these, this train of thought, who follow QAnon, who follow conspiracy theories, one of the biggest things that I saw is that they exhibit cult-like mentalities, which is whenever you disagree with them, they belittle you. Whenever you disagree with them, they say that you're not woke enough. They insult your intelligence, basically. And, um, and so I, like to, I would like to call this a cult. I would call this a cult. Um, but with that background, I wanted to give you guys so you guys know exactly what we're talking about. Um, I want to get into the questions um, that I want to ask our panel, and I want you guys to also comment in the comment section when I ask you a question. So the first question is going to be, what types of disinformation did you see this year? Justin, what types of disinformation did you see this year? Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, I, I almost think it would halfway be a better question to ask. What types of disinformation did you not see this year? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, so to start, the pandemic information has been completely mm. bogus since the start. Since the very beginning. Um, first of all, it came to us late. That's the first issue. It came to us late. Secondly, in the beginning of this, the numbers were absolutely blown far out of proportion to the actual COVID cases, and the death numbers were just absolutely blown out of proportion. What many people don't know is that medical facilities were actually granted uh, additional funding for every COVID-related person, or sorry, COVID person they treated. So if you put into someone's uh, file when they died that their death was COVID related, then the hospital got an additional paycheck for that. And this wasn't a little number. This was, I mean, hospitals were making millions of dollars doing this. So when you look at crowded, and I'm not saying that the virus isn't real or that it hasn't been real, it absolutely has. I am saying that the numbers were absolutely blown way out of proportion. Mm -hmm. So that's that's to start. That that's start. That's one thing that I've yeah, seen. Yeah, I would agree. I would uh, agree. A lot. When it a lot. Started. 
Yeah, you know, um, it, it really was. In Florida, in fact, several months ago, um, there I can't remember what the article was, but there, there was an article where basically there was a particular um, timeline of COVID cases where they had put out like 90,000 uh, COVID cases and the actual number was more like 11,000. The other thing that I found out because my wife is actually in the medical field, uh, she works as a, as a a nurse. And uh, I found out that the way that the state, at least for Florida, calculates their COVID cases, a lot of times people were being tested multiple times. But each, it's not like they would say, okay, this person tested for this, and then this person tested this time. So if you've tested positive multiple times, which let's not even get into the fact that some of the COVID tests weren't accurate, but if you tested positive multiple times, um, each time counted as a separate COVID case, even though it's the same person. So, you know, you got that. Another area of massive disinformation uh, is was about this whole racism issue that was very prevalent early in the year. And, and honestly, the only reason that we're not seeing much about it now is because there were other news things that could take the place of it. Racism hasn't gone down at all since May and June, but we've had a lot of uh, misinformation regarding who started the riots. Mm -hmm. um, we've had a lot of misinformation about whether or not there is systemic racism, which I've done a lot of talking uh, about that a few months ago. So I think in those two areas and then coming into the whole politics thing, I think we've had as far as the church, a lot of misinformation about how God is involved in American politics. I'll stop there for the second time. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, Philip, what types of dis disinformation did you see this year? Man, I mean, Justin kind of kind of took a kind of took most of it. You know, I mean, those those are kind of like the big, big things about um, like disinformation. Um, and obviously, you know, we can talk about the dumpster fire of the election that we had and the amount of disinformation that was that was just thrown out there with the election. Um, I, and I'm not I'm not like I'm politically conscious, but I'm not politically savvy, so I'm not even gonna get into all the numbers and stuff. And if Trump really won or Biden really won, honestly, I don't care. I really don't. Um, but there was so much disinformation, and it's like people mainly get their information from memes on Facebook or whatever. And it's just that's the big. That was the biggest thing of disinformation I've seen this year. Is like especially on Facebook, there's just so much information that's not actually fact checked, and then like midway through this year all of a sudden facebook introduced this third party fact checking thing and this is it's totally biased you know and many people would agree to that um and it's but people don't actually do their due diligence to go and search um whatever they see if they're going to believe it or disbelieve it you know most people don't do the research to actually see if it's true or not <clears throat> i've seen so much stuff on facebook that people just be sharing it. i mean it has hundreds thousands of shares and i'm and I'm still up here like, hold on, let me go and do me some research real quick. And then I go do research and it's completely false. And I'm just like, where do people get this stuff? Like, does somebody just sit in their room and just type up weird stuff and then put it on Facebook? And it sounds good. But, you know, if you look it up, it's actually false. So I feel like that's one of the main things I've seen this year about disinformation is just people that um, don't really do their research. And they just kind of share what sounds good 
Um, and that's one big thing. I mean, even the Bible talks about people having itching ears. You know, if it sounds good, it doesn't really matter if it's true or not. If it sounds good, people will usually take it and run with it. Aaron, Aaron, what would be your take? What did you see as far as dis disinformation? <clears throat> well, uh, for starters, um, Facebook, although initially was a good idea as far as a platform for everybody to have their voice heard and uh, their opinions to be shared amongst their peers and their friends. And um, I, I think obviously you know, we have the freedom of speech, the freedom of expression. Thank God. You know, that's mm -hmm. something that, um, although I'm thankful for it personally, it also comes at a cost as well, uh, because you have a lot of those who abuse, um, that speech to turn it on its head to fit their agenda. And I'm pretty much going to be echoing, uh, most of what Philip and, um, Justin had mentioned, which is the fact that unfortunately people are too uh, lazy to do their own research. You know, they take something off of Facebook that they see that somebody shared and that person shared to them. Nobody even knows any of the facts behind it. If it's 98% false, it doesn't even matter because they just take off with it and run. And mm -hmm. I've spoken with many people uh that i work with that people you run out into in public and that's one thing i've noticed a lot lately is people in public are so much more willing to be expressive with their opinions on certain matters um especially uh as of recent you know with the election and what that all does with this disinformation and all this circulating of you know stories that tend to like I'm sorry. I am not going to take anybody seriously who actually believes that the government has a weather machine. I've heard some <laughs> of the most crazy, I'm not even kidding you, some of the craziest uh, ideas that there's lizard people that run the uh, that run the government, uh, you know, that they um, drink the blood of children. And I, some of this kind of ties into what Kayla was talking about. And I didn't wow. even personally know what QAnon was until I talked to Caleb because, quite frankly, I try to stay off Facebook as much as I can at this point. It's just, it's just, it's too much. You know, there, there's just too many uh, people that just unfortunately get too much caught up into debate rather than wanting to learn, wanting to extract information that may challenge their viewpoint, but in the process of that, they can learn something from it. And I know personally speak, I mean, there's a lot of things that Caleb and I have talked about and maybe something that I didn't think of that way that he mentioned to me, you know, and it kind of made me rethink some things and I'd go back and look into it and, you know, reshape my thought on it. Um, that's, that's what civil, in a civil society, that's what, you know, discourse is supposed to be um, all about. But like I said, unfortunately, there's just too much of this, um, as we mentioned the title, spread of disinformation. Um, but the best way to combat that, because people are not entitled to their own uh, facts, you know, you can be entitled to your opinion, but not your own set of facts, 
is getting the facts out there and doing it in an objective manner rather than mm-hmm. in a opinion matter. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with you guys. I saw um, a lot of the same. Um, in, in reference to Black Lives Matter, um, I saw as soon as, you know, the riots started, as soon as people started having these conversations and it, it, it looked like things were being fruitful. It, it looked like we were gaining traction in the racial in the racial area. All here come the conspiracy theories. Here comes the doomsday Christians saying that this was BLM is bought and paid for by this Jewish guy, George Soros, and he's paying for it. He hates America. Um, he, you know, Antifa is bought and paid for. And because George Soros pays for Black Lives Matter, according to them, Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization. And so um, I saw a lot of people on my feed starting to latch on to that. You know, it's, it, it's not true. It's not true. But it felt good to the it. It jived well with their confirmation bias. In their heart of hearts, that's what they felt. Yeah. So that's so, what they felt in their hearts. So yeah, on, on that tip, right? Because I know as soon as you say BLM, as soon as you say Black Lives Matter, we're gonna have a bunch of people that are gonna, you know, oh, you know, it's a trigger, right? Mm-hmm. So so you just said something very, very key. You said George Soros does not fund Black Lives Matter. Where would someone go to validate or verify whether or not he does or does not? Just just for the sake of putting that out there, because someone is watching this or going to watch this and they're going to say, well, you're just spitting that out without giving any validation or verification. So what do you think? Let's give a resource. So so my my so I somebody told me to go look at um, go look at. Joe Biden's website, right? And, or no, they said to go type in um, the organization like Black Lives Matter dot something. And then they said, as soon as you click enter, it will take you straight to Joe Biden and Camilla Harris's uh, campaign and, you know, all back to blue. And according to them, that was where Mr. Soros. That was kind of. That's kind of shaky for me because I'm like, I mean, if you they're, they're like, if you type in this specifically and then press enter, you know, it takes you to this. But I mean, if you go and just Google Black Lives Matter and, and, and probably at, like at the, at the top or something and then you click on it, it takes you to the Black Lives Matter's website. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of yeah. like, you know, ah, it's shaky for me. Like, I, I personally haven't found like donors, like a list of donors. Like, these are the people who donated to Black Lives Matter. So I could not confirm that okay george soros the american hating you know the american hating jew or whatever um donates to black lives matter and funds their terrorism and pays for their riots right like you know what i'm saying so it's just like when when i saw that when i when i typed it in and i researched what they were saying to me and then i saw that i was just like um yeah i think something may have he may have He's very liberal, so he may have donated to Black Lives Matter. Who knows? I think but, one thing that is very important for uh, for everyone to understand, number one, is about Black Lives Matter. And then, uh, you know, we'll get off of this. But it was started in 2013. It's not a new movement. It's been around for yeah. seven years. Yeah. Another thing to know about it is that Black Lives Matter has 
three founders. They are three black, black women. women. So just just that basic bit of information gets you to should kind of get you to understand um, a little bit. Go look up their history. You can go back if you want to do the research on the movement and check them out going back and back and back and back because they've been a social media campaign since the beginning. Like it's all available online. So. Uh, and, and I won't say that there haven't been aspects that have been added on to their cause from what it was initially. Um, there de it definitely has had some additional things as far as towards um, the LGBT uh, agenda. A lot of that has been infused into the movement. Um, it initially started off more as something for protecting black people against the police. But, you know, in, in general, like the, the the core of the movement has remained the same. Um, so I just thought we should throw that out there yeah. because, you know, yeah, uh, totally, totally. Your story. Um, it's like, you know, yeah. we, we want to give you the resources. And another, and another, uh, and another aspect that I saw was uh, me and Aaron talked about this a lot. Y'all remember the movie Cuties? Remember when people yeah. were beating the yeah. beaten Aaron? Aaron's about to go off. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, for those of you that don't know, there's a movie on Netflix called. Oh, they Cuties. know. I bet they know. They know. They know. <laughs> but for those of you that live some under a rock, <laughs> some of yeah, some of them watched it. Some, but, yeah, um, some of y'all. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and say I did not, I did not watch it. Because those are not no, the type nah. of movies I watch. I don't watch yeah. dance movies. I don't watch stuff like that. So I did not watch it. Okay. Um, but I started seeing all my Facebook friends, you know, conservative, evangelical Christians on my feed talking about, my God, you know, the, the cutie movies is, is, is fueling the sex trafficking and, and, and all this stuff. Save our children. Save our children. Da, 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 da. <laughs> we need to, to destroy Netflix, blah 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 blah, and so cancel I, oh, cancel your memberships and do this. Yep, and yep. The producers yep. should be of, boycotted. Uh, when and... I tell you the <laughs> amount of people, the amount of people that uh, spreaded this misinformation was it was a lot. Like you had yeah. pastors telling their congregations to get rid of their Netflix subscriptions. Like people were really on this. Save our children. Yes, save our children, but like I said, it's not from what you think. It's from Mel's porn usage. You save I children. think I I, th I think one one big thing about misinformation is Pete. You know that you, you got the old saying, "Birds of a feather flock together," but birds of a feather really really flock to clout, really, and because you got like I mean let, let's it's like. One of the big things about misinformation is the fact that we really don't consult experts whenever we want to get information. We consult uh, probably somebody that has clout. Because, like, I mean, if you're going to be an advocate for women issues, you should probably be a woman, you know? If you're going to be a president of the United States, you should at least be a politician, right? So, like, when it comes to misinformation, I mean, now now let me go ahead and back up. <laughs> let, me, let me backtrack just, just a couple seconds. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not anti-Trump. I, I don't want to. I don't want to put that out there. I'm not anti-Trump. I'm not pro-Trump. I'm not either. either. Like I said, 
I don't care who's the president. I really don't. Either way, I'm going to make my bread. And I'm going to make my bread. Like, I mean, I'm just going to live my life. But, um, but what I'm saying is, like, most people don't consult experts on these, you know, issues of whatever, or whatever they're trying to, you know, uh, uh, talk about, research. They usually just echo the opinion of somebody that has clout that they like somebody that they follow Um, i think that's a big piece of the whole internet age that we're in is because with the internet everyone is an automatic expert all you need is a platform that's all you need (laughs) all you need and you just and you just start speaking and when enough people start liking what you're saying you're going to get a following because and, and really, that's the thing that a lot of a lot of celebrities started uh you know conservative celebrities started promoting the whole cuties save the children thing and i agree we have a human trafficking problem in in sure. the world right now yeah we and have a lot it, of problems it's been that way for a long time but what happened is the conspiracy theorists hijacked this movement okay because they falsely accused the movie cuties to be exploiting children they were like oh you're exploiting children you're exploiting children and so i went and i researched and i went and listened to the director who made the movie it was about her when she was a child growing up in france she's french which she was trying to put a whole different spin on things exactly exactly Exactly. she said she said the basically the purpose of her making that movie was to show everybody awareness how hyper sexualized children at the age of 11, 12, and 13 are. And she was 1,000% correct. Because when I was a kid, what did I see? I saw I saw young girls in cheerleading outfits that were very, very scanty, to say the least. You know, and, and honestly, she was right. Our society definitely hypersexualizes children. But instead of people going to the person who made the movie, they decided to latch on to something that made them feel good and something that they believed well, way deep, deep down in their hearts. And honestly, like I said, you know, it, it was very, it was very, it was very crazy. People made assumptions about a movie from a 10, from a, was it five minute scene? And also made assumptions about the cover art. Now, Netflix did goof on the cover art. Netflix was a lot to blame for the cover art because that's the only reason people started going crazy about Cootie. Well, I think that was to get people to watch it. <laughs> uh, honestly, I mean, probably. They did. Yeah. I mean, they, they kind of succeeded mm-hmm. in the whole marketing area. They're they, <laughs> they like, they, they, any, yeah, they, they any they publicity is good publicity. You know what I'm saying? But, well, but an- Aaron, another thing that's kind of went on, and, and, and yeah, you, you can get to Aaron in a second, but I mean, Chrissy put it in the chat. She says clout makes things pretty easy. And um, that's, that's one thing about the, the internet age is now clout is a currency. And mm. because it's a currency, anybody will do anything for it. Um, that's true. I mean, even, even a company as big as Netflix will do anything for clout. I mean, the whole, the whole yes. cuties thing. Who, what was everybody talking about? Netflix. The movie. Yeah, Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. Hey, go to Netflix. Go go watch the movie. Go go see what I'm talking about. And then about. honestly, the fact that people said don't watch the movie made a lot of people want to watch the movie. Oh, 100%. Just to see what it's about. Bad publicity is still publicity. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and that and 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 because the bad publicity and good publicity thing is just publicity, they just that's where the whole clout thing comes into play. Like it's just clout. Mm-hmm. If people are talking about you, know your name, no matter if it's bad or good. Like, I mean, I don't know if y'all know this 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 clown of a rapper called Takashi. <laughs> he's he's kind of one of those guys. You know, he's 
He does any, and he does some of the most disrespectful stuff to people, and everybody talks about him. Yep. And he's and he's okay with it because he is his names and lights. Everybody talks about him, and some people even support him. You know, and you can you can yep. always find somebody to support you in in this yeah. in this world. Like if you have clout, because it's a currency, people will support you just because you have that currency called clout. One hundred percent, Aaron. Uh, your thoughts before we move on? Well, we can't hear you, bud. Can't hear. Can't hear uh, you, bud. I think. I think your mic's muted. Might have to. Might have to go back out. Yeah, come might, back in. Yeah, you might have to pop out. Pop back in. But um, while while you're popping back out, pop back in. Um, we'll move on to the next question because we're we're at forty minutes. Um, next question. Uh, okay, can you, oh Aaron, there you go. Yep. Okay. okay. So next question is going to be: um, How do you feel conspiracy theories has affected the church in 2019? Justin. Man. Um, I mean, conspiracy theories, how has that affected the church? I, I'm going to say this, and, and, and this is, I, I'm, I'll go here. This is, this is what I want to bring up. I think this is how it's affected the church. It has exposed something that I've recognized a few years ago, and this isn't the first time we've seen it. We saw this in 2000 and. 11, I believe it was, when there was the rapture, that guy, you know, the end of the Mayan calendar. I think that was either 2011 or 2012. 12, yeah. Uh, we, we saw this uh, at the 2016 election when everybody thought Hillary Clinton was going to be president. And we've seen it again this year. We saw it at 9-11. Um, and, and this is what I'm talking about. What we have consistently seen is Christians are afraid of the end times. Yes. Honestly, though. I know we talk about, you know, oh, we can't wait for the return of Christ. We cannot wait to, you know, oh, come soon, Lord. Uh, 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 you know, we, we're, we're doing all these prayers and all of this stuff. That's great. But then as soon as any type of calamity comes, we are afraid. And we start freaking out at anything that looks like it could be the end times. On one hand, we are declaring out of our mouths that we want to see the Lord come. And we are in the same breath saying that all of these types of things have to happen before the return of Christ. And yet, as soon as we see the smallest little hint that we could be coming up on these types of events, everybody starts freaking out and trying to reverse the course of action. So I, I <laughs> do you want, like my, uh, even going back to this election, and this is something that I brought up, well, you know, prior to the election, everyone, you know, all, all of my conservative friends, and you know, and I understand Christians are conservative people. I myself am, am for the most part, a conservative person. I understand that. But here was my thing. If you believe that the, that the rapture can't happen until the world goes completely left, why would you vote Republican? Exactly. Call him out. It's just a question. Call him out. I, I'm just curious. I, I feel like why would you be fighting 
what you say has to happen for Jesus to come back. That's all I'm asking. Absolutely. I think that uh, what the disinformation has proved is the fear in the hearts of the church. It's proved the fear in the hearts of the leaders. It is proved that we really don't have the peace and confidence that we ought to have, um, you know, because we, at the end of the day, if you look at the motivation behind a lot of people uh, in spreading this information, we're spreading the information through fear. The disinformation awakens the part of them that is uncertain about their walk with the Lord. So that that would that's be so my. Truth. I think that that's how it's the church, and I don't think everybody's really understood that that's been the effect. Mm -hmm. I don't think people even completely understand that they are afraid. But that is that is what I've come to find out has been the truth is that uh, many uh, uh many uh, a believer is really afraid of the things that, that they have been prophesying are coming for years. Mm -hmm. 100%, 100%. Philip, um, what, do you, what do you think? How do you feel conspiracy theories has affected the church? I mean, Justin kind of hit it on, hit it on the head right there. Um, I mean, when, you know, he, you, you bring up all these, all these events about uh, people thinking that, you know, the world's gonna end on this and that. And it's weird because when, God says that no man should know the day or the hour of his return, and yet people try to know the day and the hour of his return. It always like I'm just gonna appear like, do you really even believe the Bible at this point? I like I sometimes I sometimes I question it because I'm like I mean, and yes, we we all fall short of the glory, we all make mistakes, but that's just something that you can just leave alone. Like you you don't need you don't need to predict the end of the world or anything like that. But um, I, I mean, with with the whole conspiracy thing is, uh, and here's kind of where cults come into play. Um, and I mean, you, you, me, and Justin, we we all we all, I mean, let me just talk about how we grew up. You know, <laughs> um, there were some theories surrounding the the doctrine that was popular in our circle. I'll put it that way. I'm, I was trying to say that so diplomatically. Um, you being <laughs> so, and there was a lot of theories. <laughs> Thank you. There was a lot of theories about the the doctrine that was, you know, kind of being spread, and it was kind of like uh, people use their faith to believe a specific theory, and they base their doctrine on said theory and kind of around it, you know. Instead of just taking the Bible as a whole, it's kind of like you take and and like I said, this is where cults come into play. Like I mean, you can look at popular cults throughout history, and they they will take um, a certain theory and then find some scriptures out of context to support said theory, and then you have this group of people over here that are almost like a cult denomination, and then they 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 try to. Um, come under the banner of Christianity and you know obviously they just kind of make a bad name for everybody but they come under that banner of Christianity and um, just kind of spread that disinformation um, so yeah. I, I feel like that's one thing is people um, when especially when it's a, a a theory and not necessarily a fact um, it, and then they try to use faith to kind of push that agenda um, and kind of take stuff out of context you know that's that's one thing that really leads to a lot of disinformation, especially when it comes yes. to conspiracy theories. Yes. Aaron, um, how do you feel conspiracy theories has affected the church? Can you guys hear me now? 
Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, we can. All right. Awesome. Um, well, for starters, I, I think it's quite amazing, unless I read it mistakenly in the Bible. I think there's only one Antichrist, but uh, over the last eight years, we've had three or four. Um, <laughs> so, you know, he's right. First it was first it was Barack Obama, and then we mm -hmm. uh, now we're left with Bill Gates. So mm -hmm. yeah, um, Bill Gates is the Antichrist now. I think I think Mark, Mark of the Beast. Chip vaccines, chip vaccines. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, political influence has taken the president over um, people's spiritual walk. That's true. And, yeah. You know. That's true. Yes, that's so true, man. You know, the Bible has instructed us to walk by faith and not by sight. Mm -hmm. And a lot of yeah. people, and sadly, I mean, I've seen it personally um, with some of the different experiences of people I've been around the church. They get so enamored with current events, with, you know, all the, especially all the craziness that we've seen this past year, and they've taken their focus off the entire point of why mm. we're here they've taken their eyes off of the prize they've taken their eyes off of ministry they've taken their eyes off of outreach in fact outreach has become instead of sharing the gospel teaching a home bible study it's a debate out in the parking lot with somebody yeah. and it's affecting their witness yeah yes and uh i think it's certainly um important to be informed i think it's important to be up with the times but you have to uh you have to keep in mind that um although we see a lot of things parallel with the book of revelations with prophecy that's laid out in the bible we can't just always jump to conclusions anytime something happens you know if, you, if they say something if they even just the word chip is used Automatically, oh, that's the mark of the beast. Yep. <laughs> and what it creates is a false sense of hope in people. So then they start to yeah. not even believe it anymore mm -hmm. because, you know, they say, oh, that's it. And then it doesn't end up like the man that um, the saying the Lord's coming back this day or that day, designating these days, and it's not happening. That's just festering that unbelief in people. Yes. And, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. And, and also, I don't agree with, and you can ask Caleb, because we've had many conversations about this. I do not believe it's the role of any pastor or preacher to preach politics across the pulpit. Absolutely. I have heard it. The things I've heard. Aaron, uh, you should give us an example. Give us a quick example. Of what you heard. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Caleb's stirring the pot. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, as philip mentioned let me get my diplomatic hat on um you gotta be careful so don't call names was, Aaron. Aaron, you can be as raw as possible there don't was call. a uh without mentioning names there was a certain environment a certain, certain church that i was a part of in which uh, <laughs> we had a man in the church that um it was a Easter service or something where a lot of people bring guests. So uh, we had a lot of people in the church that had um, friends and co-workers that they were bringing to church with them. And uh, that specific service, we had an older man who uh, um, I, I believe it was a lady that worked on the job with him. Um, he invited her uh, to that service 
and she decided to bring her wife along with her. Well, I remember this story. In the middle of the sermon, oh. while the pastor is preaching, both women get up and storm out of the church after the statement was made by the pastor on how it's ungodly to live a lesbian lifestyle, uh, used certain epithets within the LGBT community and you, preached fire and brimstone, you know, um, cause you know, that's the way to get, you know, people down the altar, you know, tell them <laughs> to help. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, call, call them names, call them names. That'll do it. Yeah. So, you know, and rightfully so they got up and left. And that to me just has always stuck with me because Again, that just goes back to what I was saying about how politics and personal belief getting integrated with the word of God to where it, that's not the influence anymore. It's the political message that you're trying to get out with it wrapped up in your sermon. That's, mm. that's never going to work. And case in point, they never returned. And just think, what a great example, what a great testimony that could have been, you know, that's not something we hear about, unfortunately, very much because of the attitude of the church towards people. Oh, well, there's no way that they can be saved from that lifestyle. There's no way that, you know, certain people in our society can seek salvation or have it for themselves is because we project that attitude that God can't perform that miracle for them. Mm -hmm. I you mean, know, we, I think yeah, thing, to, one thing to consider. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Phil. No, no, no. Actually, I mean, I feel I feel like we're, you, like you're about to say the same thing. But go ahead, go ahead. I, I was going to say, I, I think we have to consider when someone comes to a church oh. that is living a lifestyle that um, is against what everybody knows church to be you have to consider how much courage it takes for them to walk through the door and how much yep. internal conversation they have to have to even say i'm going to step foot in the door yeah, right yeah. that that it's a lot of boldness to walk into a room where you know they disagree with the core of who you believe yourself to be Yep. So I think it is very insensitive of us to uh, come on the rampage and attack people. Mm -hmm. Yes. You have to put yourself in their shoes. Yeah. You know? Yes. That's yes. It's all about Aaron, you remember when I was you when you and I had that conversation back when, you know, George Floyd died and I was telling you about empathy? Empathy. Yes. Empathy. That's over all it apathy. takes. Yep. The thing is, is, is a lot of people think a lot of, you know, super conservative Christians think that if you're empathetic to somebody's situation, um, like Justin, I remember you brought up a good point two, two or three episodes ago when you were talking about when somebody is transgender and they want you to call them by their preferred pronoun. And you were telling telling us that it's not you accepting their 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 state of mind of I'm a man, but I'm really a woman, but you're just simply respecting them as a person. Right. You're not trying to denigrate. You're not trying to denigrate them. You're not trying to hurt them. You're not trying to shame them. You're simply okay. I'm going to respect you. I may not agree, but I'm going to respect you. Absolutely. And I personally feel like respect has been lost on the church 
when it comes to things like this. Um, it, it, um, yes, in, in terms of gay marriage, um, yes, it's not a personal opinion when it comes to the Bible. The Bible speaks very, the Bible speaks against it. But uh, I think what Aaron meant when he was talking about personal opinion, people have such a hatred for gay marriage and such a hatred for LGBTQ rights and stuff like that, that when they're preaching it, their hatred comes out and they, you know, they use the F word to, I've heard the F word come across a pulpit in um, description of people of the LGBT community. I've heard that word come across out of a pastor's mouth. And he said it, he, he, he said it like, he was like, yeah, you know, and people were up there, yeah, amen, that's right. And that never sat well with me as a kid. Because I was just like, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not gay, I'm not transgender, but if I was sitting here, I'd be like, and you want me to come to Jesus. But I mean, with with that, it's it's just um, it's kind of weird because I mean, you can uh, and I mean, we, we we I mean, yes, the topic today isn't necessarily about you know respect and people's opinions about the church, but it's just interesting how um, Christians treat certain things that they call sin, you know, an egregious sin. Yeah, and it's like I mean, and. and People have talked about it, but for some reason, we still kind of have this 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 mentality that some sin is worse than other sins. Um, and it, it's like we can reconcile somebody that's an alcoholic, but it's harder to reconcile somebody that's LGBTQ affiliated. So, um, I mean, I, I'm going to I'm not even going to push that, you know, that because that's not the topic yeah, of the day. Yeah. But but I mean, um, but but it's that, just it's just. Honestly, it also goes back into to the conspiracy aspect. Um, a lot of conspiracy theorists who are Christian like to say that um, this is a plot by the Democrats. You know, the whole gay marriage thing back in 2015. This was a plot by the Democrats to um, to pretty much like unseat the the family element in America and you know make this a godless country. Newsflash. We were never a nation under God. Just quick mm -hmm. newsflash. I don't care what the Pledge of Allegiance says. But, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, you know they don't say it no more. <laughs> because the thing is, is is not only is conspiracy. Have I seen conspiracy theories be anti, have be, been racist? I've seen them be anti-Semitic towards Jews. I've seen them be um, very homophobic, um, very, very yes. disrespectful towards the LGBT folks. Um, what else have you guys seen? It's just, it's all a conglomerate. And it's just like, if you're not conservative and you don't, you're not a Christian, then you're not really going to understand that way of thinking. And so uh, I really think conspiracy theories have affected the church in a very bad way, because as we're about to go into this final question, it's really killed our witness. Philip, do you think Christians adhering to these baseless conspiracy theories like Bill Gates and his microchip vaccine, um, COVID-19 being a pandemic, all that foolishness. Yeah. Do you feel that those baseless conspiracy theories are killing our witness as Christians? Of course. If so, how? Of course, yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely killed our witness because, and, and, and I mean, here's the thing about, you know, uh, spe I mean, specifically church. We'll talk about church, churches specifically. Uh, every church kind of handles social distancing and pandemic stuff a little bit differently. Um and for me personally, I never, ever, uh, kind of like went out there and just said like, "Oh, I don't agree with what this pastor did and what that pastor did and stuff like that." Um, sometimes out of emotion, 
because I, I mean, at our church, you know, we we've, we canceled we've canceled church. I think the longest point we canceled church was about five weeks, I think. Um, and we like we had no in-person services whatsoever. Uh, we had online services, but and out of emotion, because um, I, I love church. Um, but and out of emotion, I was just kind of like, man, I I I I don't want to do online services. I want to have services, you know, where everybody can come and we can, you know, have faith in this and this and this and this. Um, and but I had to, I kind of had to backtrack because um, God deals with every pastor differently and He deals with every church differently, and um, everybody should kind of respect that. Um, but the way how it's killed the, our witness is because two, and, and here's the thing that I had to realize was. Like in our city, um, our pastor was was trying his best to adhere to the guidelines of the city, um, as well as try to spiritually strengthen people because obviously that's the mission of, of the church. Um, and I can't I couldn't even put myself in 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 his shoes because no matter what you did as a pastor, no matter what you do, somebody is gonna be like that's wrong. So if you have in-person services and defy the orders of the city or the or, or the guidelines of the city, um, then yes. people are going to be like, well, you're not being safe and you're not taking the, the, the pandemic seriously and stuff like that. And then if you have a pastor that says, OK, let's stay home for a period of time and just have online services, then you have the people that say, oh, you have no faith and and, you know, you're not the real church. And, you know, Paul and Peter and them, they wouldn't do this. And it's just like you can't really please church people. And that kills our witness, because if people see a church that is divided when we're supposed to be the most united people, on the, on the planet, we're supposed to be the most united people on the planet. When people see a divided church, one, they don't, they're probably, they're most likely not even going to want any part with it. And two, they're going to be like, don't, aren't you the same people that preach unity? And yet y'all can't get your lives together? You know? So that's, that's one way how it's killed our witness, specifically this year, um, with the whole pandemic thing, is because um, everybody doesn't have the mindset that we should just do what's best for the people of course we can still yes yes we can still preach the gospel online yes we can still uh have our in-person services whatever whatever but you have to realize what kind of image that you are painting for the whole entire church getting on facebook yes. and arguing about trump and biden and this and that and oh trump really won the election now like that has nothing really to do with church and the faith but yet people will kind of merge that into faith and everything and then all of a sudden now it's kind of like the people that are not in church that are democrats will look at that and be like well clearly y'all are all republicans and i don't like y'all immediately i don't like y'all because y'all are republicans so yeah, and, and real quick and real quick um you just touched on that um i don't understand people also don't want to come to our churches because they feel like I am going to have to become a raging Republican if I go to yeah. church. Yeah, and, and, and that's a bad thing that, that people feel like they have to have a political affiliation if they're in church. You don't. I I mean, even I have said over the pulpit, I am not Republican, Democrat, conservative, left, right. I'm not any of that because I don't I – I genuinely do not care. I don't. Like because, I mean, I'm, I'm mm -hmm. just here, like I said, to get my bread – and preach the gospel. That's all. That's all I'm here for. I'm really not here to get caught up in the whole, uh, you know, political party type stuff. And this stuff really does kill our witness because it one divides the church. 
Um, and then, of course, when you have those people that spread the disinformation, that also can be a deterrent to people because they're like, well, that's not true and that's not true. And then, like I alluded to earlier, when people um, take scriptures out of context to push their agenda, to push their opinion, um, and then you all you obviously have people outside of the church that see that and they're just like, that's not true, though. So if that's what the Bible says, then, you know, I go online and I just see people like, oh, the Bible's full of lies because it says this. And I'm like, well, where whoever you heard that from took that out of context. And then right. now that's the disinformation that's presented out there is because, like, you know, people talk about slavery in the Bible and they talk about, oh, God condone slavery. No, he don't. In those days, we they weren't called employees. Now we call people employees. Back in those days, slaves and servants they weren't called employees so you and i i mean i'm not going to get into that you know that's a whole bible study or whatever but you know people will literally take stuff out of context to spread disinformation and that kills our witness in yes. the in the in the pursuit of of preaching the gospel that kills our witness yes yeah for sure um justin what's your take well i mean i i'm gonna kind of echo uh, a bit what philip said uh, um I think I don't I don't think it is the believing of a conspiracy that kills our witness. I th and, 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 and if I'm honest, I think that there's certain pieces of some of these things that may have some legitimacy because some of it you can't prove one way or the other. True. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yes. But. I think the problem is when, when we take a conspiracy, make it a matter of faith, and even beyond making it a matter of faith, when we make it a salvific issue. So when I right. pick uh, your belief in Donald Trump being the anointed one, and I take that and then make that a matter of you're not a Christian or you don't have a prayer life or you don't hear from God or God is not for you if you disagree with me about Donald Trump being God's man, that's where there's an issue. It's If you exactly. believe that, that's fine. If that is your conviction, no problem. God bless you, believe that. But don't make that a salvific issue. Don't make that a matter of faith. You don't have some type of uh, special uh, or more special walk with with God than someone else because that's what you believe. So I think the biggest issue when we talk about affecting our witness is when we try to twist our, our when we when we have an over meshing or merging of our particular uh, beliefs on other things, whether they're true or untrue. But when you merge those and make that gospel. When you merge that and make that the message and make that uh, the thing that everybody else has to agree with or believe in order for them to be a child of God, I think that is is extremely damaging uh, to our relationships. That is extremely damaging to our witness uh, towards the world because that's where the division is. We're, we're not yes. divided because we disagree. We're dis We're divided because we disrespect. Right. That's a fact. And I think that that has been one of the saddest things is even in the pandemic, I've been very careful with my voice, with my platform of how I speak toward others. And my, my church has stayed open the entire time. We've not missed one service. Our, our pastor said that the Lord spoke to him and told him 
uh, to keep the church doors open. Now the city called us and said, hey, you guys need to shrink it down. So we cut down our, our capacity of our sanctuary. We cut it down extremely low. Then the state of Florida released us to do more that we actually legally can pack out the sanctuary. But we don't to this day, we still don't. We have a limited capacity. We've opened it up more, but we don't have full capacity. We expanded to multiple services, but we've never shut down. Now, some might say that's irresponsible. He said the Lord told him that that's what he needed to do. Praise God. And in the last nine months, no one from our church has gotten the virus from our church. No one in our church has passed away from COVID-19. So, you know, the Lord. now to the same token, he's also said, if you are immune deficient, stay home. If you are elder, if you're a senior, stay home. Anyone who we think that this might affect, stay home. He he told the people, if you, uh, you know, if you're not very comfortable doing this, stay home. He wasn't forcing anyone to continue to come to in-person services. You weren't less of a child of God for coming. If you come to to service and determine that you you wanted to wear all of the headgear and mask, mask, everything all over. He, he in specifically instructed the church, do not condemn people who want to do that. Right. That, you know, that there, you're not less of a child of God for that. Um, I think the problem is when, when you take one aspect or another and then determine, oh, they don't have faith or they, they don't, they're not. That. That's that's where the real issue comes in is when you make things a, a salvific issue or a matter of uh, whether or not someone is really a, a child of God. That that's a problem to me, and I think that's very damaging to our to our witness because other people are looking at us like, man, because it seems like every issue that comes up, we have to make that an issue of salvation. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so we're always. This is the problem, and this is how it damages our witness to me. It seems like. We are always looking for a way to say someone else is not saved. We're always looking for a way to make ourselves the remnant and someone else, just those other people. We're always looking for a way to include ourselves into some type of higher special group. We have like this James and John thing where we want to be the ones that are sitting at the right hand of God while everyone else is just the regular people. And I think that that pride is a big problem. And that, that, that's yes. pride, pride, pride plays a huge part. Pride plays a huge, huge part. Aaron, Aaron, what are your thoughts? Well, you know, this is the only country that I know of, unless any of you know of any of, I know most of you are world travelers. I'm not much of one myself, but this is the only country that I know of in which we actually get into debates, not just outside the church, but even inside over this, (laughs) over a mask. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We get in debates over a mask. It's like, if you don't want to wear your mask, don't wear the mask. If, if, if you want to take the precautions that are necessary, the science is there. I don't know why we deny science the way that we do. You know, people, they put up this facade that if you follow the science, you're anti-God. You're atheist. Exactly. You're agnostic. I hate that. And it's crept into the church because, you know, like I said earlier, people, they listen so much to the news. They ingest it. And, and I'm just going to be real. They're ingested more of the media than they are the word. 
Facts. They're allowing yes. that to order their That's steps. Right. And so when they get into the house of God, they got all this going on in their mind. They're not even focused on the whole picture, the whole uh, process itself, you know, the, the purpose. And when that, you know, comes into play, that's when you start to see this sort of tribalism, you know, and people like you guys were mentioning, which I can't really add much better because you guys hit the nail on the head. You know, people are watching this. They're seeing the way that we are reacting to the problems and the issues in our world. If we actually are getting into debates and there's conflict in the church over, you know, should we require mass? Should we social distance? Should we cancel service altogether or have it? The Lord has laid it out in his word what he expects of us. As long as we follow the wisdom and we follow the leadership that is placed over us, we're going to be fine. Right. The Lord has everything else in his hands. But unfortunately, you know, that's not the focal point in some mm -hmm. cases. So what yeah. we have to do is we have to continue to teach. We have to conti uh, continue to have these conversations with people, you know, and just just remind, like, you know, hey, you know, don't let that influence keep you away from the influence in your spiritual walk. Mm -hmm. um, but there, there's just... Uh, so much to unravel on and i know for the sake of time you know we don't uh we can't cover everything but i i think that's something that um especially this year um and we'll see how things play out but we really as a whole um we have to improve on our response for sure yes we do for sure yeah mm -hmm. um yeah, we've been going for a that, while that was great that <laughs> yeah that, that was great um yeah we're gonna close here in a minute um my my thoughts would say I agree with one. I agree with you guys um, a thousand percent. I think that um, Christ, uh, conspiracy theories used to be something fun. It was like a hobby of sorts in years past. It was, you know, oh, you know, 9-11 was an inside job. It was just kind of like, yeah, uh, you know, I just kind of think this or the moon landing was not real or um, stuff like that. Right. Just, you know, it's just stuff you think and nobody really took much stock in it it was just you know some people had those weird proclivities and they just believed that but they never promoted it as fact they were just like this is what i feel and i and and the thing is is when the, the reason i wanted to do this is because i've seen the reach that QAnon has had and it it has really it has really wrecked a lot of people's lives i've read stories after stories of marriages being torn apart um because wow. the the spouse became an ardent follower of QAnon and because, and they got more and more aggressive when they found out that their spouse is not going to believe in these conspiracy theories. You know, their spouse would take, their, their, their spouse would take the stance of, oh, well, you, you, you can believe that, that's fine, but I'm not going to. And they got more and more aggressive talking about, well, I just met somebody, they started cheating. I just met somebody who has convictions, you know, and it's been <laughs> tearing families apart. Kids have been estranged from their parents because of conspiracy theories, um, because wow. of, you know, the 2020 conspiracy theories, presidential, like this is a real, real problem. This isn't just me getting on here and complaining about conspiracy theories, conspiracy theories. No, it has, the reason I wanted to do this is because conspiracy, this has garnered so much attention and it's destroyed so many lives in the year of 2020. I was reading something from a psychiatrist and they had said 
that a lot of people couldn't cope with the pandemic. And a lot of people had a hard time coping with the pandemic because it was very traumatic for some people. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the thing is, is they said people latch on to conspiracy theories because they want to be in control. They want to feel like they're in control. And, and, you know, that's why you started hearing all this, you know, big pharma, uh, big pharma talk. Um, you know, a lot of the anti-vaxxers started getting a lot of play, a lot of airtime because it, it kind of fit in with their agenda. And usually if you find an anti-vaxxer, you find a conspiracy theorist. That's not, they're not all mutually exclusive, but 90% of the time you'll, you'll find that. And um, I just, I saw so much of it, you know, the microchip vaccine and, and it's just like, I saw Christians pro- propagating it. And that's what really, you know, kind of irritated me was because they're like, they were perpetuating all this fear, 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 fear. Oh, Bill Gates is concocting a vaccine and he's just all, I got them now. <laughs> and it's just like, no, that, that's not what's going on. A lot of it, you know what I'm saying? Be, a lot of it used to be very exclusive. And there's one person in particular, and I'm, I'm sure, um, well, I know Caleb, you know of him, Alex Jones. Uh, the frogs who, gay. Yeah. He's, you know, the, the government's putting chemicals in the water is turning the frogs gay. You know, don't drink the water. It's got chemtrails. Uh, I mean, you, he's not lying. Sandy Hook, yeah. Sandy Hook never happened. It was a false what? flag. Um, <laughs> yep. You name it. What? This is dangerous. This is dangerous. He yes, was the one that yes. started. He began the in 9-11 was an inside job uh, story. And the guy has, you know, he's gotten fame. I mean, he's he's now like a millionaire. He's got a big following. And he was one of the early ones that started the um, um, push for what Caleb was talking about earlier with, with the Q. You know, he's pretty much exposed them um, to the world, you know, whereas – only a small percentage of people really knew, but that's the problem. A lot of that, which used to be exclusive to only a certain amount of people, has now become mainstream, and has gotten into the mainstream of conservatism. Mm-hmm. And yeah. because, and the thing is, is QAnon tweaked the conspiracy theories of years past with yeah. scriptures. That's what reeled in a lot of Christians. Mm-hmm. You know, because a lot of Christians don't have that biblical literacy to go check things out and so as soon as they hear a scripture and it jives well with the confirmation bias they're like yep trump is the anointed one uh-huh. you know and it's just like no you know but you know we, we've been going long here um all, all i have to say i'll start closing remarks all i have to say is read don't don't i'm not saying not to read anything all i'm saying is when you see something make sure you check it out okay Google is not ran by the deep state, okay? I don't know who deep state is, but Google's not ran by the deep state. You can still use Google, okay, instead of using DuckDuckGo, which is a manipulated search engine, to find things that fit conspiracy theories. Search things out and look for both sides of the equation, okay? Because I remember I I saw President Trump was making railing accusations against the Democratic Party that they um, were – stealing the election. And so I went to the court cases, democracy.com or .org, whichever one. And I started reading the court proceedings and what actually the lawyers that Trump had was actually going. Like this is what they were given to the court. And it was nothing what President Trump and the conspiracy theorists were saying. Nope. 
it was it was it was not anything near. They're like, oh, we need all the votes from Pennsylvania. We won all of them. And when you go look at the court case, it's like two thousand votes that they're that they're suing over because they were fraudulent or they there was some mishap. So look at both sides. I, it doesn't matter if it's left or right. I'm not a Trump hater. I'm not a conservative. I'm I'm pretty conservative. Some of you've been watching this podcast for like these two, these three guys aren't conservative. We're actually pretty conservative. It's just we I'm don't just me. like. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just me. Right. Like honestly, yeah. like I'm really not even because I like I just I, the label. Yeah. I, I'm just me. I'm I'm Phil. Yeah. And so 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 yeah. all I'm saying is just 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 definitely don't spread information. Just because it says it in a meme on Facebook that somebody you trust posted does not mean it's true. For sure. Use Google. It's not that hard. Okay, I saw tons and tons of conservative Christians saying that Obama finally got arrested. I go on Google, Obama arrested. You hey, know what Caleb, I saw about Caleb, Obama that day? Michelle Obama's saw, a man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Michelle Obama's a man. And that also, that Help. conspiracy theory, no, 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 but that, that conspiracy theory of that Michelle Obama is a man perpetuate the racist ideology that black women look like men and therefore they are not attractive. Exactly. That's where I, That's I was about to say that. Another day. <laughs> yeah. have to... Another subject. All I'm saying is Oh yeah. yeah. All I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, guys, check what you're watching, looking at. Look at both sides, Democrat, Republican, both sides of the story, and so you can make an educated guess. If you are scared about the vaccine, I implore you to go read up about it. Don't read what the mom blogs, essential oil mom blogs, are telling you. Go read what actual science scientists put on paper. No, the mRNA vaccination is not going to recode you to make you not a Christian anymore. Okay, I'm just just going to throw that out there. Also, um, also, I'm just going to throw these numbers out here, and, and I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it go. Um, Don't let him get going. He'll never people, be able to stop. Yeah, man. According to the CDC, according to the CDC, three hundred and twenty thousand people have died of the coronavirus. Okay. 18 million people have been infected, all right? 320,000 people have died, all right? Take last year's flu numbers. Last year's flu numbers, 34,200 people died of the flu. 35.5 35 million people were infected, okay? So for those who do the conspiracy nonsense and say the coronavirus is weaker than the flu and we need to open back up the country and it's not serious, you're wrong because the numbers tell you that you're wrong. Okay, so just take that for what you will. Those numbers are on the CDC website. They're growing daily. Um, I can highly encourage you and know the CDC is not ran by the deep state. And with that, I will pass it to Justin for your closing remarks. I'm not even going to touch any of that. Okay, I'm not going to touch any of that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I would say this, when it comes down to information, and I, I want to address this first to everybody and then to Christians. Number one, um, like you said, look at both sides of an issue, right? Learn, learn how to be objective in your understanding and learn how to let people believe what they believe. Because there are certain people that it doesn't matter what you say, on one side or the other, you're never going to sway them. And I think that sometimes in our trying to 
push people to agree with us, we can dismantle valuable relationships. Yes, that's so true. absolutely. Um, so I would I would tell you we need to start caring more about people than our point. Facts. We're so committed to making our point that we literally stop caring about the people we're trying to make the point to. And so I think that that's you know a big a big problem. Um, now, as far as the COVID deaths thing, I do want to say this. I made the point earlier. Some of those numbers aren't a hundred. Those numbers really aren't a hundred percent accurate because, you know, again, the hospitals were being incentivized to make uh, to to or they were being incentivized for um, COVID, to put COVID related. So there's a lot of people. Honestly, we don't really know exactly what they died from because if the hospital put it, there was no way to check the death, especially in New York. Um, that was a big thing. Not saying that it's not real, not saying a lot of people haven't died from it. Um, I, I'm just saying, I think that the, that number is probably lower than what it is. There's no way for us to get the actual number, though. There, there really isn't. So here's the thing, whenever you're dealing with fraud, which if we're honest, going to be some level of fraud in anything that humans are involved in because we make errors. So it just is what it is, especially you're talking about something that nobody knew how to handle it what was what everybody's trying to figure everything out no one's dealt with a, a, a pandemic before no one's dealt with the coronavirus before so i understand not everything being 100 percent on point. i i'm 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 no no i'm not it's not even a conspiracy honestly for me on that it's just a matter of it being what it is um but i think that um regardless of which way you stand we just have to start caring about people more and i do think it is a good idea to still continue to be careful, um, not fearful, but definitely careful um, uh, about the virus. But then my other thing to Christians is, we have got to learn how to stop making everything a matter of, of, our, of our salvation. Like you can believe anything, you, you can believe whatever you wanna believe, but not everything has a Bible verse to go with it. Oh, now you you cannot validate everything with a scripture and, and you you have to use scriptures in their context you cannot keep isolating these texts to to say whatever point you're trying to make because you are deceiving people you are tricking people you are causing them to believe that certain things are, that you believe came from God and they did not and please understand as a Christian, it is okay to believe certain things that are not backed by scripture because it's not a salvific issue. What you believe about the coronavirus has absolutely nothing to do with your salvation. Facts. Nothing. Exactly. It has nothing so to do with your salvation. So I want us to get back to, and then here's the other piece. Because we have made so much of these things a gospel matter, we're not even preaching the gospel anymore. Facts. Yeah. Just I have heard so minister many online. Yeah. He needs his profit license. Like we're, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. We're not even. I'm just skipping over it. I'm not touching it. I'm not touching it. <laughs> I'm not touching it. <laughs> I'm not that, that guy right there. I'm not. I'm, you get let, <laughs> nah. Uh -oh. <laughs> um, oh man. But 
on the real. I, you, you've got to get to the place where we uh, care about the souls of people, where we can, we, we've got to get back on mission. That regardless of what the situation is, that we are spreading hope, that we are spreading love. You know, we, we've got to get out of this mentality that every little thing we have, oh, see, well, there it is in the Bible. No, there it is not. So one of these comments, I just have to put this up here. This is so good. Uh, it says, the Bible was written before you, so we do not have a scripture for everything. You do not have a scripture for everything. So I, I would say that stop making everything a matter of salvation and whether or, some, or not someone is hearing from God. You know, everything you read online is not a prophetic revelation and all this stuff. Like it, it can't, you are allowed to believe it. That's fine. You have that prerogative, but don't make everything you read a God thing. That's all I have to say about that. Awesome. Awesome. Philip, what you got? Um, I mean, Justin, I mean, you kind of stole my, my, my first talking point, but I mean, since that was the last point you talked about, I, it's good for me to talk about it first. Um, yeah, uh, everything's not a salvation issue, okay? And um, even, I mean, there's not a scripture for literally everything, even though a lot of Christians say that, um, you're wrong. <laughs> um, but even if there is, that doesn't mean you should use it because you're probably taking that out of context. So um, stop doing that, please, <laughs> with cherry on top. Uh, it's not, everything's not a salvation issue. Um, just kind of leave some things for the flesh that have to do with the flesh. If it ain't got to do with your salvation, then leave it alone and don't try to use the Bible to push your opinion. Um, second, second point, um, for the sake of brotherly love, leave your opinion in your pocket for the sake of brotherly love, man. Cause I mean, nobody goes into an argument or a debate, um, with the mindset, like, Oh, I'm actually going to come in here and get educated today. Nobody does. I've never seen one person go into an argument or a debate and be like, I'm, you know what? I'm going to go into this and learn something. No, everybody goes into an argument or a debate or a con or a conflict of opinion with the mentality like I'm going to convert this person. And if both people have the same mentality that they're not going to learn anything, what's the point of the conversation? Yeah. Unless it's just to kill brotherly love. Amen. So for the sake of brotherly love, Sometimes you just got to leave your opinion in your pocket there. Do, I don't think some of y'all have an idea of how much stuff I come across like on Facebook and I type up a, re a reply to somebody's comment and I swipe down and I exit my app because I know for the sake of brotherly love, if I put that comment out there, somebody's going to get offended somebody and, and there's going to be an argument or everything. And then you lose respect for each other. You, you probably lose a friendship. And let me tell you, over no, I'm not going to delete nobody over their opinion. I'm just not. I'm not going to block people and do all this like, oh, if you're still reading the status, you survived the purge. Like, bro, no, no. For the sake of brotherly love, okay, leave your opinion in your pocket when it comes to certain issues, especially politics. And I'll pass it to Aaron for his closing remarks. Well, <clears throat> I think everything's summed up pretty much from what you guys mentioned. You know, I just, again, to hit to the point of let's let's just be uh consistent christians and not play into the hypocrisy that is so rampant um and not allow um the substitution of worldly matters current matters to 
overtake um, what we're here for. Let's focus more on <clears throat> how can we have a conversation with somebody in public that consists of our faith rather than our politics. You know, let's expel the same energy that we do in the church. Um, let, let's, let's, you know, take that action outside the four walls. And, right. you know, we, we talked about echo chambers, you know, earlier tonight. We don't want to just be feeding off each other. You know, this is the prime time to outreach. This, mm -hmm. this, right, this is it. You know, if, if, if you can't, like, uh, I think it was Justin that mentioned it earlier, you know, show that hope to people because there's so many people that, and I see it so often in the hospital, um, pe people are afraid, legitimately afraid. And they are looking for an answer. They are looking for a resolution because they feel so, so much vulnerability. And I just really hope and pray that we do not cast judgment or um, give off any sort of disparagement to them, but instead be the church. Mm. That's really what, what it all sums up at the end. We're not, to, we're not here to run for Congress. We're not here to get into political meaningless debates because at the end, at the end of it all, what, it, what, what is it going to matter? was it going to matter who was who was right about you know bill gates or george soros or you know any of this stuff that we get so tied up in um so i i say we need to uh, put our faith in action and we just need to set out to do what god's commissioned us to do exactly for real i 100 percent agree um yeah i'd like to uh say a quote that i used to hear all the time when we were kids keep the main thing the main thing and for us christians yeah. tf it's going it's going to all the world and preach yep. the gospel to every creature yep. so sure. that is our mission that is our mission um let's not get caught up in all this foolishness and let's just keep let's just keep trying to uh let's keep let's keep trying to propel the kingdom forward yep. um but but with that guys um i, I wanted for watching Thanks for watching. Thanks for sticking with us. I know we went a little, we went 30 Thank minutes you. over, um, but I really appreciate you guys watching. I appreciate you guys chiming in. Um, I'm going to go scrolling through the comments yes. to, you know, get any questions I missed. But um, we really appreciate you guys chiming in. Aaron, I really appreciate you coming on and giving us your thoughts. Yes, you were a great Thanks guest. for having me. Um, yes. Definitely keep it in mind for the future. Um, guys, stay tuned. Um, next week, we're going to have another great discussion. And I think a lot of you are going to want to have Woo! this discussion. You guys are going to love this one. Yeah, a please lot of, tune in for this one. I'll like put share it, and and everything because yes, you're, you're going like to like this one. A lot of Wait. a lot of our lady, a lot of our female followers are going to chime in on this one, and y'all are going to y'all are going to love this. So with that, I love you guys. Uh, we'll see you next week. Like our page. We're on Instagram as well, and uh, love you guys. And we will see you next week friday appreciate y'all all right happy new year by the way too happy new happy year new year all right